You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. This episode is brought to you by FredsBS.com. That's Breads and Spreads by Fred. So, guys, happy Thanksgiving. Sorry for the late upload this week, but it has been absolutely crazy in preparation for the holiday. And I'm going to be honest, I got trapped in a hatch lockdown. My leg got stuck under a steel door. It was like a whole thing. So, sorry again for the late upload. But onward to the ad. If you guys are looking for holiday treats, then there's no better place to go than to fredsbs.com. He has all sorts of delicious baked goods. That's brownies and blondies and jams. Oh my, even pies for LA locals. Also for LA locals, you can waive that delivery fee and pick your order up for free. So what are you guys waiting for? There are going to be lots of holiday events. So why not go ahead and get a jump on all of that by going over to fredsbs.com checking out his menu, and if you'd like to place an order, go ahead and send Fred an email via the email we provide in the description below, and be sure to use No Love Lost in the subject of your email, and make sure you get that 20% discount. So one more time, go to fredsbs.com, pick out your treats, email Fred, don't forget to use that coupon code, No Love Lost. And if you're looking for other ways to support us, why not head on over to the Podcast Jukebox Network and get yourself some No Love Lost merchandise, including No Love Lost t-shirts and Crazy About Kurt t-shirts. Guys, we can't say thank you enough for all of the wonderful support that you guys have given us, whether that's going to the website and buying merch or buying stuff from Fred or even if it's just leaving a rating or review, like, it means the world to us. Even just chatting with us on Twitter is such a huge joy. So this holiday season, this Thanksgiving, I just want to say we are thankful for all of you. Thank you all so, so much for listening. You're the best. <clears throat> and now, without further ado, Michelle, if you would be so kind. Let's go to the island I would like to see the polar bears there was a crash and there are others and there are numbers and it all means something supposedly but even though there are times we hang our heads in sadness we know there's no love lost we had to go <laughs> back. Um, I'm not going anywhere, Will, because you're not actually here right now. You're just a figment of my imagination acting, actively trying to be a bad influence on me. And then I disappeared, and it turns out this entire podcast has just been you. <laughs> you Talking go to back, myself? You go back and listen to the episodes. Oh, no! You having a one-sided it's conversation. It's me, and then then me doing <laughs> an East Coast accent. Oh no! And all the people Will Link never existed. Oh no! Oh no! We're gonna identity this, aren't we? But I do exist, and I'm here to welcome you back to No Love Lost, the podcast where we uh, break down with adorable banter, like we just had. Each episode of the hit television series, Lost. I've already said my name. I'm Will Link. And with me as always... Megan Salinas. And I don't know what's real anymore. 
Uh, and we are here to talk about uh, Season 2, Episode 18, Dave. <laughs> Not to be confused with the hit Kevin Klein film, Dave. I've never seen that one, actually. Oh, it's very charming. I like Kevin Klein yeah, films, Yeah, it's him though. and Sigourney Weaver. Oh, that must be fun. It's a fun <laughs> movie from the early 90s, and you watch it, and all the political, because he's pretending to be the president, and all the political arguments feel so quaint in it. <laughs> so, so quaint. We're just like, oh, what a simpler time. <laughs> the villain in the movie Dave, played by Frank Langella, I would. I wish he was president now, and he is the villain. <laughs> Anybody would be an improvement. The villain from all the '90s president. Villain from the American president. Wish he was president now. <laughs> Michael Douglas. Wish he were president. Wish I definitely wish he was president. Um. Well, this episode is written by. Uh, I, I screw up their names all the time. No, I'll only screw up his. Edward. Uh, Kit Kitsis. Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz. Now, these guys are kind of the Hurley experts because they wrote uh, Everybody Hates Hugo, and the last episode that they wrote was a Charlie one, Fire Plus Water. Oh, you know what? That might explain it. That might explain it because I'm not a huge fan of this episode. Not that it's poorly done, just like those other episodes. I wasn't a big fan of either of those episodes either, but not because they're poorly written. It's just like this is stuff with the character. These are directions that we're taking these characters with. Or like uh, in the case of Everybody Hates Hugo, it kind of had a muddled message at the end of it. Um, and with uh, Fire Plus Water, you know, it took Charlie's character in a weird weird direction and I kind of feel like this is also one of those ones where it's like what's here isn't explicitly bad it's just something I don't care for mm. and so yeah I want to make that clear I don't like this episode but I don't think that that's either of these guys fault if that makes any sense like it's not badly done this just feels like something these are just choices I don't happen to like that doesn't mean they're bad choices um, I'll quickly add, it's directed by Jack Bender. No need to talk more about him because he's, we talk about him all the <laughs> we time. We talk about him all the time and we'll continue to talk about him. Uh, um, but, but, uh, uh, you know, it's interesting you said with this episode because I was really looking forward to this episode. Really? And I'll tell you why, and not necessarily, not saying it, but on this rewatch, I've been looking forward to certain plot revelations and certain revelations that and come at the end seeing and, and, how they play yeah. upon a rewatch and I, I i know what you're talking about yeah and i knew i remembered distinctively the end of this episode i also couldn't i knew hurley had like for lack of a better word an imaginary friend on the island there. i had completely but I forgotten about dave i couldn't remember how that all played out so that's another reason why i'm like oh i'm looking forward to seeing this one because i can't quite remember all the little nuances. Yeah, I remember a lot of this episode, but I, yeah, same thing. I didn't remember a lot of how the pieces fit together, and um, and now that I've rewatched it, I'm like, oh, okay, like, I do remember it, but like, yeah, that doesn't, again, that doesn't change my feelings of it, and I don't think I was super crazy about it upon a first viewing either, but upon a first viewing, I think the things that I didn't care for about it 
were different than the things I don't care about it the second time around because the second time around, you know, I have more meta complaints. Um, but anyway, before we get into it, if this for whatever reason is your first episode of No Love Lost, just FYI, we're going to be talking about some meta stuff and how they play into the larger narrative. And at some point, we will be talking about spoilers. So FYI, spoiler alert for the entire rest of the series. I mean, we already spoiled that Dave ain't real. <laughs> but that's like contained in this episode. If you watch this, <laughs> if you listen to this, I, I I want you to review this episode without giving anything away. <laughs> You've you know, come to the wrong place. I have a a friend who just had a baby, and I I'm, I'm, I want them to raise their child. And they were a fan of Lost, so raise their child. That this is an experiment, a social experiment. <laughs> Make them listen to every episode of our podcast <laughs> no! first, and then watch the episode. So listen to this, then watch this episode, That's then a listen to our idea. next episode. I want to because I want to see how the series would play for them. Which At would what be age do you want this child to start listening to us? Because we are not child friendly on this show. Yeah, Thirteen. Okay, that's fine. Uh, um, I have a feeling they hear worse things at school. So, let's get into it. And let's start with the flashback, as is tradition. Uh, Hurley is in the psych ward. We know we had spent time in the psych ward. We had seen him with uh, uh, go back to Leonard, who's Mm -hmm. the man who says the numbers. I did like seeing him again. That was pretty fun. Um, There's some pretty... uh, heavy hitter guest stars in this episode yeah. too senator kelly from the x-men yes movies. bruce davidson who's always a a welcome character actor and also uh evan handler plays dave i knew he looked familiar yeah and he's uh he pops up in a ton of stuff but he's probably best known for uh being uh charlotte's husband on sex in the city i knew he looked familiar i couldn't place it i'm like why do i know this guy that's why um, so we're in the psych ward, and Hurley is talking to the doctor, played by Bruce Davidson. And we're starting to finally get some more pieces of to, of everything that had gone on in Hurley's life. He's talking about an accident. Yeah, and Hurley's like, I don't want to talk about it. I'm going to do the Hurley thing and avoid the problem. Hurley doesn't want to talk <clears throat> about anything. Nope. And he doesn't want to talk about himself uh, even the things that are good about himself, because the doctor wants him to make a list of the things that you like about yourself. No. And Hurley doesn't want to do it. And as my ev- heart, as ev- yeah, because Hurley's very self-hating man, uh, a very lovable but self-hating man. And his big argument to this is, well, Dave didn't do it. Dave <laughs> didn't do this. Dave. Uh, and Dave's the most normal person in here. <laughs> and the doctor says, well, you know, Dave's a bad influence on you. Yeah. He doesn't want you to get better. Yeah. But Dave's Hurley's friend. And Hurley's pretty loyal to his friends. Yeah. Hurley's a good guy. He's got a good heart. It he makes me sad. And then we almost immediately after that meet Dave. Yeah. That's, and That's a movie. Meet Dave. Is that's, it? It's <laughs> a movie with with Eddie Murphy, right? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hold on. 
<laughs> no, it is. It is okay. 100%. Eddie Murphy plays a spaceship filled with little Eddie Murphys inside of him. What? <laughs> Are you sure that's not The Adventures of Pluto Nash? I'm positive. That sounds like a thing you made up in a fever dream. I never or... saw it, but that's I'm 100% positive that's what it is. I, yes. You know. Yes. No. <laughs> that sounds like a coke-fueled drug trip. Why... Who would greenlight a movie where Eddie Murphy is on a spaceship with a bunch of other tiny little Eddie Murphys? No, Eddie Murphy is a spaceship. What? <laughs> That's you misunderstood. Oh, we're getting way off the rails here. There is a movie from the mid two thousands. I believe it's the mid two thousands. And I'm, you're sure it's not the I've Adventures never seen of Pluto it. Nash? And I know, as I said, the words "Meet Dave," and then because I'm such a cinephile, <laughs> um, I had to say, like, oh, I think I made a it's a movie in which there is a spaceship uh-huh. played by Eddie Murphy. He's looks he's like a like a spaceship. <laughs> and he's controlled inside of him are tiny Eddie Murphys controlling this big spaceship Eddie Murphy who's walking around like he's a human. I have no words <laughs> for what you just said. I hate <laughs> Every bit of it, I'm going to forget it ever existed, and we're going to move on. Okay. So. (laughs) I just want you to know how violently angry that description made me. She's very upset. I mean, she's laughing, but I can tell she's very upset that this is a thing that exists. This This is a movie that somebody said, yeah, that checks out, and approved, and greenlit, and threw millions of dollars at. If this is a real, I don't know if you're tricking me or not. I'm not tricking you, but it's- <laughs> But millions of dollars was thrown at this. Hey, I've never seen it, maybe it's good. <laughs> There's no way it's good. There's no way. I just, like, I would watch an episode of a cartoon where that was like the premise. Like, it sounds like an episode of Rick and Morty. Yeah, it sounds like a cartoon. And, like, I would totally get behind the Rick and Morty episode. Um, As a movie from the mid-2000s, I have zero faith in its ability to entertain me. Well, you know, Eddie Murphy always likes the only... Eddie Murphy's favorite actor to play against is himself. So a bunch of Eddie Murphys, I like the Nutty Professor. (laughs) That's fine. Okay, oh well, let's God. get back to this. I have so many questions, and I'm so angry. <laughs> We're going to do a side episode where you and me review Meet Dave. Oh, my God. Um, so Hurley is... Um, oh, so so Dave is... We immediately kind of see what Hurley kind of likes in Dave. Because he's a... You know, you're in here with a whole bunch of, like, catatonic people. Yeah. And he's a little bit of a smart aleck. He's, he's got... very he's got, smart aleck. He's got life to him, though, at least. And he's... He's got life and personality and sass. And, like, he's also a dude that, like, you can enjoy Taco Tuesday with. He says dude a lot, too. Yeah. Just a lot like, like somebody Hurley. else. Yeah. That's something that I didn't pick <laughs> I up on the that, first time. I thought that was a great tell. Yeah. I thought that was a great tell for the uh sixth sense esque twist that this this episode has. If somebody creates an alternate personality, like Hurley, any alternate personality great, is still gonna call people dude. Yeah, yeah. That was the one thing that was missing in a beautiful mind. <laughs> so, so um, you know, 
he comes out to Dave on the basketball court. And interestingly enough, none of the other patients are passing the ball to Dave. Dave's very frustrated with this, and this is when, like, oh, they pass it to Hurley, but not Dave's Dave. just like, why is everyone ignoring me? So He's not even playing. And that's the thing, too, is that, like, Dave's funny. He's kind of, he, like you were saying, he's... He's a smart Alec, if, um, but if, like in, contextually speaking, he's funny, and he does seem relatively normal. He's maybe yeah. a little manic, which you think maybe that's why he's in there, but relatively normal compared to say Leonard, who they're then playing connect four with. Yeah, who's just repeating the same series of numbers over and over and over again. And while they're doing this, Dave, while they're playing connect four, Dave notices Hurley's eaten. Celery as his snack, which is a pretty shitty snack. Uh, <laughs> it is not tasty, but I don't, and I don't know if this is actually true, but supposedly you burn more calories than you consume when you eat celery. Like, uh, like it takes more calories to digest celery than it actually, than you get. So net speaking, you are burning calories when you eat them. I don't actually know if that's true, th- but that's one of those like, old wives tales. I think about that fact every time I get <laughs> buffalo wings and it comes with the celery. And you're like, and then I'm that makes this celery. okay. But of course... You're dipping it in ranch. Yeah, of course I'm using it to get whatever leftover ranch or blue cheese is left. <laughs> <clears throat> thus negating the celery. Um, so Dave's like, hey, Hurley, why don't you get have some of those graham crackers? Leonard's not going to know. And Hurley takes graham crackers. Oh. Uh, and then they bring it's medication time. Medication time. And they bring Hurley his meds. And Dave's just like, oh man, that's what the man wants you to do, man. Yeah. That is what he's like. Because <laughs> <laughs> <He's like, laughs> Dave doesn't respect authority. No. <laughs> um, and he's like, don't take those pills. And then the doctor comes over and is like, hey, you going to take those pills? And Hurley's like, yep. And he's like, hey, can we get a picture also? And this is the point upon a first viewing where I should have seen the twist coming. I Because I don't remember much of this episode upon a first viewing, I legitimately don't know if I saw it coming or not. But I feel like this is the point where audience members should start questioning it. But I also understand, like, if it does come as, as a surprise by the time everything wraps up. I don't think I questioned it the first time around. But it is the first, like, out, outside of, like, Leonard being ignored on the basketball court, this is, like, the first, like, why? Interesting. Interesting. What an interesting thing that the doc is doing. Like, you're like, there must be a purpose to him taking a picture right here. Beyond this scene just doesn't like, exist for no gonna reason. We're going to put it on the bulletin board. We're taking pictures for the. I mean, he gives a reason. He gives a reason. It's not a great reason. Yeah, but like, you know, Lost, to its credit, even for its worst episodes up until this point, like, plot progression has been a thing. Like, there wouldn't just be a scene of the doc taking a picture if there wasn't some significance to this moment. So. Again, to this credit, this should this should be the first real red flag of like, oh, something's not right with Dave. Um and they take a picture together. 
Dave's not too happy about it, though. No, he's Dave like, doesn't mm. like being in pictures. Well, because Dave, down, Dave, Dave knows, knows what's up. Dave knows he's not real. Yeah. So, then uh, the next time... Oh, and by the way, Hurley doesn't take the pills. He's, he puts them in his mouth and then, like, tongues them. And then Dave's like, dude. <laughs> like, the revolution's begun. Um, but the next time we see Hurley, he's back in the doctor's office and he has made a list yeah of the things like myself now this i don't get though there's no there's no thread in the story of anything that happens to hurley that makes him decide like what makes him decide that eh, i will do the, the list i think maybe maybe it was just because like he was about to meet with the doctor and like maybe he thought like, oh okay, if I'm if I'm escaping with Dave, I can't. I gotta let play it, the game. Yeah, I gotta play the game a little bit. Okay. I, can I guess that. I'll accept that. Uh, no, I'm with you. Like I said, I have problems with this episode. We'll get we'll get to them, but like, I, I here's where it gets away with it for me. And this is one of those cases we know enough about the Hurley character on the island. That I 100% totally buy that he would eventually reach the point where he would write that list. Yeah. But there's nothing in the flashback. There's no scene for me that says, oh, he's going to change his mind. Well, here's the thing. Two things. <laughs> One, yes, he might just be playing along so that nobody suspects that he and Dave are going to make their escape. Uh, two, Hurley's also just a nice guy. And yeah. he knows... That the stuff that Dave is saying about the Doc is bullshit. He knows he Doc's knows a good guy. that the Doc is a good guy. And if he were to show up to their session without having made that list, he knows he would disappoint a good guy. And so, like, I feel like he put he felt compelled to put in the minimal amount of effort so that he wouldn't disappoint the Doc. And look, deep down, he probably also realizes that this character isn't real. Yeah. Um, whether he consciously, yeah, definitely on a subconscious level because he has to be shown the picture by the time the scene is done. Um, so Hurley, it could just be another way of punishing himself because he this is a thing he doesn't want to do, and so maybe by like, okay, I'll do the homework is a way of punishing himself. There are lots of reasons you could give for him finally making the list. Well. His list includes things like he likes his mom, likes making his grandfather laugh. Yeah. Uh, oh, his he likes grandpa. He likes chicken, and like that's He's like not, that one's not about you. <laughs> I like that. I like chicken. I like that's pretty good. I like that. I like chicken. I like that. I like chicken too. I it's, feel you, Hurley. It's the best. It's the best. Buffalo chicken in particular. Now that you've mentioned buffalo chicken, that's like all I want. I'm going to get one of those Popeye's chicken sandwiches. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, it sounds terrible. Let's go. <laughs> um, but then the doctor brings up, oh, you brought up nothing about your, your own appearance. Yeah. How you look. And this starts now, we start to discover what happened. What happened that got him in here. Why he'd he been checked in here. Because his whole feelings about his appearance is he says, if I wasn't so fat, they never would have died. Because what happened was there was a dock where uh, there... A deck. A deck, a deck. 
where like at a party. Yeah, where it had which I don't know, maybe I feel like 8 as like is not nearly enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what, if 8 is the limit that you could fit on your deck that's got to be a really small yeah. deck. Yeah, it's a small deck. This was a terrible party. And they had 23. They had people. 23 people on this deck. This was a terrible party. It couldn't have been good. Um and so there were 23 people on that deck already. Hurley comes out, the deck collapses and two people are killed as a result. And it's the doc's assertion that like because it was over capacity, it was going to happen anyway. Um like and those people were going to die anyway, and that Hurley stepping onto that deck literally made no difference. That eventually the structural integrity was going to collapse, and that accident would have happened anyway. And Hurley, since then, is punishing himself by eating. Yeah, he went into a catatonic state, and that's why he was checked in here. And he does, he wouldn't do anything except eat. I think... This is the best performance that we've gotten from this actor so far. What's from the actor's Jor- name? Jorge yeah. Garcia. Yes. I was going to say Hugo Garcia, and I was like, that's not right. <laughs> no, this is the best performance from um, Jorge Garcia that we've gotten to this point. There is real emotional depth there. And honestly, I think it's a saving grace in an episode that I don't particularly care for. I think his performance in this moment is absolutely phenomenal. I feel his pain when I look at him. It's awesome. Have we have we gotten to the stuff you particularly don't care for yet? Um or is it kind of a general It's a general thing. Okay. It's a we'll, general thing. Then we'll get it sprinkled throughout. Yeah, for sure. Um but uh yeah, he's we'll, fantastic. We'll get to it more when we talk about the island stuff, I think. He's fantastic in this scene. Uh and then Bruce Davidson like well dave doesn't want you to lose weight and why is that well he shows hurley the picture dave is not real and this is like this is a real splash of cold water on hurley's face it is it is definitely an m night Shyamalan-esque twist of like what and honestly i think it works I i think it works i think it works um Again, in an episode I don't particularly care for, I think this works. I mean, what it, I mean, I mean, what it really is is it's Fight Club. It yes, 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 yes. I was thinking more like Sixth Sense, um, but like you're you're absolutely right. It is more Fight Club. Dave is his Tyler Durden. We should have given more of a spoiler alert for just generally speaking all sorts of other things. I would spoiler like to... alert for Meet Dave. Spoiler alert for Identity and for A Beautiful Mind and for Fight Club. Um, <laughs> They're all the same twist. I'll just say this: Sixth Sense and Fight Club. They're both classic movies. Came out 20 years ago, if you haven't seen them yet. <laughs> I was unspoiled for Fight Club when I finally sat down and watched it. When did you see it? Uh, when I was in college, so about 10 years no, ago. I was hoping you were going to say yesterday. <laughs> Two hours ago. Two hours ago. I finished it right before I came in. <laughs> um, <laughs> I need a palate cleanser after this awful episode. <laughs> um, so Dave's not real. But that doesn't stop that night from Dave slapping Hurley and waking him up. Well, he like, wakes him up, and then he then he slaps him because he's like, "You don't think I'm real?" Boom! And I did get, that. Was that real enough for you? It was real enough for Georgie. Do you? 
<laughs> do you think uh, he's... Do you think Hurley's slapping himself like Edward Norton in Fight Club? Or is he just imagining the slap? No, I think, I think it's exactly what you're saying. I think it is Fight Club. Um, because... I like I like to me him hitting himself is far more believable than him just imagining being in pain yeah. in my opinion. So because like this is like a tangent when you when you're hit whether you did it or not like that is a tangible thing. So they're going to sneak out and they go to the window, a very cuckoo's nest esque window. Oh, don't forget about the lasagna. And he's got, oh, oh, I did forget about the lasagna. <laughs> As they're sneaking out. Oh, One for the road. Yeah, somebody forgot to finish their dinner. And there's a couple of real low points for Hurley in the episode. This is one of them. Yeah. Eating someone's half-eaten lasagna. Ugh. Mental patients half-eaten lasagna. Why does that make it grosser for me? Because <laughs> it's hospital it's food hospital lasagna. Food. Yeah. It's like, ugh. Yeah, anyway. I don't particularly care for hospital food. Uh, but they're going to get out, and they're going to get get chili fries, cheeseburgers. Great. Chili fries on Dave. Woot, woot. Um, and they got the keys to the window. Where did he get the keys? He swiped the keys from, like... From the, from the doctor's office. Yeah. Did... That might have also been another reason why he completed the list, is so that he... Would be able Did we to see adequate that, and I just blinked and missed it. I, if we saw it, I missed it too. I must have been looking at my phone or then something. Then we didn't see it. No. If both of us missed it, because it, it's another like a weird <laughs> loose end in this backstory. I wonder if there was more shot for this backstory that's not in this. It wouldn't episode. surprise me. So they open the window. Dave jumps out. Hurley's about to go out, but then he realizes he can't because he knows the truth. He knows Dave isn't real. Yeah. And he does the thing he has to do. He locks Dave back outside. Yep. Which I think is really cool, symbolically speaking. Just him locking Dave out of the. Like, because honestly. You know, since Dave is a figment of his imagination, like, obviously he could just pop back up through the wall. But, like, the image of Hurley shutting the window and locking it on him. Yeah. He needs to do something within that delusion to keep Dave from coming back. Yeah. And I I think that's, I think it's good. I think it's good stuff. And, uh, you know, it. Dave stays away until we get to the end. Now, there's one, there's a tag to the mental hospital thing that I'm going to say, just because <laughs> I think it's more natural to talk about it. And it's the... real stupid in the context of the larger show. Bum, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. Uh, well, I mean. It probably it... wasn't on the original plan, but things change, and it sucks that we have to deal with the ramifications of real world circumstances. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Which is why I, well, we'll get to it. Uh, but but you got to, um, but I feel like it should be held because I think it makes more yeah. sense to hold. Yeah. Because so, the a, episode holds on to it. That's a basically, that's a basically it for Hurley's backstory. Yeah, now, we'll come back to it. But yeah, that's basically it. Is him closing the door on Dave, which again, I think is a great moment. So, uh, on the island, Libby and Hurley are exercising. They're going for like a like a little hike down the beach, and 
And uh, Hurley's getting out of breath. (laughs) But Libby's being really encouraging. Now, to be fair, I feel like if I were to take two steps on a beach in Hawaii, like in in a jogging-esque pace, I feel like two steps in, I would immediately want to collapse because the humidity in Hawaii is so different than that of Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, 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 that's the thing. Yeah, I mean, even when I... The humidity will kill you. And then uh, I would I would just I would just lay down on the beach and die. <laughs> That's what I would do. And I'd too. wait till the tide came in and I would die. <laughs> like, it's not worth it. It's yeah. not worth it. Like, <laughs> just take me away. <laughs> um and she's trying to be encouraging. She's like, you know, yeah. some people have a slow metabolism, but he says, I'm sick. I'm sick. I've like and he shows her what he's been doing, and he has been hoarding food he's been stashing mm-hmm. and hiding food away which, and a lot of food which again this is a plot point i don't like i don't care for this i understand it to to their credit to the show's credit they've been sprinkling this throughout the season they they absolutely you know it We've was in that sawyer him, episode yeah. it was um you know, in, in Sun and Jin's episode when they, they awkwardly ran into each other in the middle of the jungle. Like, to their credit, they have planted the seeds for these plot points. Like, they felt like this was important enough to point out. My big problem with it is that this whole storyline of Hurley being a compulsive eater in my opinion maybe maybe it is something they had planned from the start as like a coping mechanism for um the trauma that he went through that led to him going into the asylum maybe that was something they had planned but in my opinion this plot line only exists to explain why he hasn't lost weight on the island and i find that to be kind of stupid I don't know if that's the case, though. Uh, I hope that's not the case. I hope that wasn't the intent behind it. But, like, go go back in time. Go back in time with me real quick. Okay. Jump back into the way back machine. Um, when I was still in high school watching this show, uh, I would throw it on, you know, I would throw it on TV into the living room, and I'd sit down at the counter and watch it. And my parents would come in and sit down and occasionally watch it with me. They weren't into Lost like I was. They literally only watched it when I had it on and they had nowhere else to be. (laughs) Um, So they would sit down because they weren't taking it seriously like I was. I took it very seriously. As you still do. (laughs) No, I don't. (laughs) But the, um, yes, I do, I guess. (laughs) You do a whole show on it. But um, but I took it very seriously, and they would sit down. You know, middle of season two is where we were at, and they would point out to Hurley, and they're like, because Survivor was a big show on at the time. Yeah, they would be like, how long have they been on this island? How and, you know, because the show had been on for two years at that point. How come this guy hasn't lost any weight? When in real time. Like the show, the show had been on for about two years at this point, but in real time, they've only been on this island for about three months, right? Yeah. Um, give or take a few weeks. And so, like, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, no, it makes sense that he still looks the way he did when the plane crashed. Like, in my mind, I don't question that. But, like, to outside people, it was a punchline. 
like people outside the show like they're like this show has been on for two years have they been on the island for two years how come this guy hasn't doesn't look like a survivor contestant yeah and so in my opinion again this is them addressing that this is them addressing that and to me it's kind of like the claire rousseau thing from a couple episodes ago where it's like this is solving a mystery that doesn't need to be solved see i i'm gonna push back on this a little bit go for it please change my mind i don't want to hate this episode okay because here's the thing i think okay the creators of the show knew who they cast. Except for, this for role. Walt. Except for Walt. <laughs> they didn't foresee that children grow. I don't know why they um, didn't foresee that children but they, grow. They cast a large actor for this role. Yeah. To me, for better or worse, if you have a character like this, obviously weight is going to be part of the conversation with this character so i believe that as a a coping mechanism character trait like the the food thing makes a lot of sense i think it makes from a character standpoint and narratively a lot of sense which is why i don't think it's just them trying to to squeeze in like see i would agree with you if there wasn't plenty of food to go around Nobody's starving on the island. Nobody feels the need to hunt for boar anymore because of all the food that's in the hatch. Yeah. So on the surface, I would totally agree with you. But the fact that nobody on this island is starving, nobody's nobody wants for food because yeah. of the hatch and because of the supply drops. Like to the point where when, as, as we'll, we're about to get to, when... Uh, you know, Hugo starts, you know, getting yeah. rid of his stash. Yeah. It made me angry. It made me angry. Because I'm like, you fucking idiot. And by the way, they don't know about the supply drops at that point. Yeah. But, like, that's the thing is, like, it was the same reason why we got so angry and upset when Hugo was giving out, thing like, everything from the hatch. And, and like, just all willy-nilly uh, back during Everybody Hates Hugo. We were like, no, you have to ration that. Like, what is wrong with you people? Like, that is literally a problem we both had yes. with the episode. And so, like, that's why I'm like, look... I don't have a problem with this. Within the narrative of the show, you've already established that no one's going to starve on this island because of the food. Like, so why is this a thing that needs to be addressed? If he's hungry, he can have a regular lunch. But it's not just that he's hungry. He's he's compulsive. He's a compulsive but, eater. And that's fine as a character trait. But I'm saying, like, again, isolated, yeah. it's fine as a character trait. I'm saying that the critique of why hasn't he lost weight doesn't need to be addressed because no one's starving. I I think it's stupid. The show critiques why hasn't he lost weight as a thing. Like, people have made this comment about him yeah, within the show. Yeah, people who don't care about the show, though. No, no, people within <laughs> the show. It's Who come says up. that? Outside of this episode, who says that? Like, the only time it was brought up was Charlie, like, yeah. a, a little while back. And that was before they over, ever opened the hatch. That was before they was ever opened. Was it that long ago? Yes. But, okay. Because that was the episode where Charlie I felt just, like he I had mean, to prove himself. But, I mean. 
if well, you have no evidence that they wrote this, I mean, <laughs> at the right. end of the day, you have zero right. evidence that they wrote this whole episode just to justify right. this. Because I don't have any evidence of that. That's what I feel instinctually, just based on my observations of people who didn't care about the show, looking at it at face value. But I would say that they didn't care about the show. Yeah, so they, they didn't. wouldn't know. They wouldn't know the nuances of this character. So that again, that's very true. That's very true. But, like, they're the ones that decided to make compulsive... And granted, to their credit, at the very beginning of this season, during Everybody Hates Hugo, so this is clearly a plot line that they looked at from season one, and they went, what are people saying about this show? Oh, why hasn't Hurley lost weight? Okay, we'll address that in season two. And to their credit, again, they did the legwork back in Everybody Hates Hugo when he's compulsively eating chicken and doesn't realize it. Um, so that it shows that, like, even after he leaves the asylum, it's something he struggles with. Yeah. That's fine. I don't have a problem with the way they address it in the show. I have a problem with it existing at all because, in my opinion, again, I have no evidence yeah. to back this up, but in my opinion, it exists to explain away something that didn't need explaining because they found a hatch full of goddamn food. I think they're just, I think they're they're just less about the weight and more about the compulsion. Again, that's the that's way a, I read it. That's a thing they came up with at the beginning of this season, and I don't think it needs to exist. Well, we're going to have to ask uh, Edward and Adam. This why is they... this is clearly a thing we're going to have to agree to disagree yes. on. And again, it's not bad. This is not bad writing. Just because I don't like it, it doesn't mean it's bad writing. I just don't like it because in my mind, it seems like it's addressing an outside critique of the show from people who don't care about the show. You know? Mm. It's like, why do you guys feel the need to address this when it doesn't matter? It's like, again, like that thing with Claire and Rousseau, where it's like, here's the thing that we're going to explain. Well, that was an that actual... doesn't need to be explained. I don't... I mean, look, I don't know what the conversations were in the writing You're room. Right. I'm sure. I'm sure at some point they've had discussions about this thing because you discuss everything. But I don't think this exists purely for that. And I feel like you've boiled it down to that this exists purely for that. I think it exists as a character thing, and then it has this I other hope effect. That I'm wrong because if it exists to explain away why he hasn't lost weight then I think that is redundant and reductive. And again, it was, in my opinion, it's a thing that doesn't need to be addressed, that they are making a major plot point and I don't care for it. Well, let us know what you think. Because, <laughs> yes. because honestly, because honestly, this is just going to end up being an no, opinion thing because we is, have no... This is absolutely yeah. a matter of taste. And even if they do come out and say, no, that wasn't our intention, that's fine. I still don't have to like it. I am tweeting... At these guys. Um, so, okay, let's get, because we, we haven't gotten to any of the island no, stuff, really. But I felt like this was a good point to yes. address it. So I'm sorry for, for ranting and raving for the last couple minutes. My apologies. So, they decide, oh, you've been hoarding this food. And Libby kind of gives him this pep talk, like, you don't have to do this. You just get rid of it. Again, what are you doing? Get rid this of it by giving it drove away. This me crazy. I wrote, <laughs> wasting a ton of food. 
You are on a desert island. Now. <laughs> Give it to Sawyer and he can dole it out. They dumped out a lot of mayonnaise, which I guess that, you know, I mean, I don't know the I think it was ranch. Oh, I thought it was mayonnaise. It might have been mayonnaise. I don't know. But, it was white. <laughs> yeah. But then I'm, I'm, I'm like, Some okay. Some sort of white paste. Okay, if you get rid of the mayo, I mean, how much mayo do you need? Also, should you really be storing that mayo out in the... In room... It's not even room temperature. In the jungle <laughs> It is jungle heat. temperature. Like I guess it was in the shade, but like still not great. No, no, no. <laughs> no you're right, you're right. That was... That, <laughs> that I thought was disgusting too. <laughs> Um, I'm with you, Will. Maybe they needed to dump it out because it just wasn't good anymore. <laughs> and at the end of this, it's like Hurley has been freed. He's freed himself from this. There were so many other ways you could have done that. You could have freed yourself. But no, you chose to waste food, you monsters. Uh, and then he's so happy and Libby's happy and they're getting real close. Yeah. And there's going to be there's kiss. some tempting. They're going to yeah, get yeah, getting yeah. close. The lips are getting closer. And then uh, everybody starts running out of the jungle, interrupting <laughs> them. Like, oh, what's what's all this? So they follow them, and that's when we'd seen this at the end of the last episode. A pallet of food had been dropped. Containing boxes of mac and cheese, which sound delicious. <laughs> all the Dharma, all the Dharma mac and cheese and fish crackers that you want. Heck yes. <laughs> um off-brand and fish crackers. Happen? And they give a little explanation that they think, like, oh, well, when those blast doors went down, maybe that's when this was dropped, and it's to distract the person inside the... I don't know. That's really maybe a line explaining things away. But... <laughs> that seems like a hand-wavy explanation, too. And Sawyer's like, oh, we're going to... We're going to divvy that we're going to, Sawyer's like going to be in charge. And Charlie's like, no. And Sawyer's like, well, you can't be in charge. And Charlie says, well, no, we should get the most trustworthy man on the island. Which is exactly what Jack did at the beginning of the season. (laughs) Hurley's in charge. Hurley does not want to be in charge. He's like, no, I did that already. (laughs) Gets very upset. And then he sees a familiar face in the... In the, in the crowd. And he chases after this familiar person like a crazy person. Now, again... To be fair, I think this is good setup because he's not the first person to see something that's not there. Yes. Uh, Charlie makes a note about it earlier in the season. Jack saw his dead father wandering around. Kate saw a horse. Charlie, you know, was actively hallucinating. Walt. Yeah, Shannon Shannon, Shannon and Saeed Saeed saw Walt. Um, And so, yeah. So him seeing Dave... And I, I did want to ask, once he once been, we get to the cliff scene, I, I want to ask you a question about this. But yeah, we don't know at this point if this is somebody who's really there. And again, we don't know if it's a ghost. We don't know uh, if it's just a figment of his imagination. Well, actually, we don't know what. I wanted to ask that because he, he gets a slipper. Yeah, it's something, something seemingly tangible. tangible, yeah. But something no one else sees. Now, is Dave in his head at this point or is Dave in some corporeal form, like, on the island? Like, is there the possibility someone else could see no. him? Like, someone else could see the horse, or someone else could see the... Uh, I, Walt. I think... Because, yeah, Dave never... Dave ne- Like, 
nobody ever comments on seeing Dave. Seeing a bald man running through the jungle. And... Who isn't Locke. I think that this is one of those things where it's left up to interpretation and that that's not necessarily a bad thing. Upon re-watching this episode, I figured, yeah, it's all in Hurley's head. Like this, he's totally a figment of a figment of his imagination because he's relapsed into food hoarding, and it's just now coming to a head. Now that like he's receiving positive external. Um, if it was gonna yeah. manifest itself in his head, it, now would be the time. now would be the time because he's receiving positive like reinforcement from Libby, and like he doesn't feel like he's deserving of that you know of positive feelings um anyway so i totally buy it being just all in his head like so that was the interpretation i had upon this rewatch i was thinking about it earlier today though and i was like you know what wouldn't it be just like the smoke monster yeah to try to get like if for whatever reason he didn't feel like he could just overtly kill Hurley. Wouldn't it be just like the smoke monster to try to take out a candidate of Jacob yep. using an internal weakness like Dave? So upon upon watching it, I totally thought it was in Hurley's head, but upon thinking about it more, I was like, no, what if it's the smoke monster? I think it's a smoke monster. I'm I think, with you on that. I think from a meta perspective, and, I could totally see the smoke monster trying to get Hurley to kill himself. And also, with knowledge of the whole series, it fits into something knowing, with smoke monster. Knowing that Hurley actually is the one that ends up becoming the protector of the island, like, the smoke monster would absolutely size him up and go, yeah, you're going to be a problem. I'm going to need to get rid of you, but for whatever reason, I don't, I don't feel like I could just tear you apart. Like, maybe there's, like, maybe Jacob's protection of Hurley is a little stronger because he is such a strong candidate. And so the smoke monster can't overtly hurt him, but he can attack him psychologically in the same way that he can attack Jack psychologically with the form of his dead father. So Hurley's back on the beach. He's kind of bummed. Libby sits down next to him. And Libby, who's been really great, Kind of just states the obvious to him. Yeah. Been like, oh, it's crazy. This is all this more food we're close to. Isn't it crazy? We got rid of all that food, and now there's just more food. Literally, more food falls from the sky. sky. Yeah. <laughs> um. Thanks, Libby. <laughs> <laughs> well, this doesn't make Hurley feel any redundancy better. Redundancy department of redundancy or uh, Captain Obvious. Yes. He goes back into the jungle where he sees Dave again, and Dave's throwing coconuts at him. Like, he's getting hit with coconuts. Yeah, in the same way that when he gets slapped, you know, he feels it. He's like, you're not here. Coconut hits him. So, And I think at that point, we don't know if he's not here because, like, Dave is someone who died or if it's because it's a figment of his imagination. I don't remember. Well, I think there's no reason at this point, since we're not deep enough into the flashback, not to think that Dave is a real person from Hurley's life. Yeah. Um... So, Hurley wants to get the medication that he was on back at the hospital. And I guess every type of medication in the world people think was on this flight. (laughs) Um, But he goes to uh, Sawyer. 
And uh, there's which a... is funny because I think Jack already took the medicine. Like Jack had won the medicine. I guess he hadn't taken it back yet. Maybe not. Um, because yeah, they're, they're dealing with uh, that whole Ben situation, so that makes sense actually. Well, Sawyer when he meets him in a move that really makes Sawyer look stupid. He doesn't know how to eat an Oreo. <laughs> he doesn't know how to twist off the top of Everyone the Everyone knows He's how to do that. pulling it off? What does he think is going on? Well, and again, talking about people wasting food, he pulls it apart. You know, it, it's a big mess. Instead of plopping them into his mouth, he throws them away. What the fuck is wrong so- with anyone right now? <laughs> Sawyer only wants to eat the perfect what? Oreo. And they're not even, again, they're Dharma Oreos. Yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. off they're not Dharma. even. They're not even fucking Hydrox. <laughs> no. Or like those, like when you go to the like 99 cent store or whatever and you get like the off-brand store only ones. Let me tell you what. I never buy Oreos at the supermarket because I would eat them all in one <laughs> night. I love oreos i and i have no self-control you've explained exactly why i don't buy them so good i don't buy them and i try not to buy girl scout cookies but you know what i'll go i i buy the girl scout oh, this episode is going too long to go on this tangent but i i buy the girl scout cookies only at like the supermarket when the mm-hmm. girls cause and then it's like I feel like oh the you girls like selling the cookies yeah, yeah. yeah but I get a box of Samoas I eat it all in one night <laughs> um, for me it's I, the tagalongs oh but those, those peanut butter ones are so good the Oreos whenever I go to a party if someone's like oh just bring some snacks I'll bring the Oreos because I deep down want to eat Oreos all the time but I figure if I bring them I could eat a bunch there I'm not gonna eat them all because other people eat them and then the leftover I, they stay there yeah they say well I brought you keep the Oreos that's not a bad strategy um that's that's, that's how I get my I'm Oreo trying eating to think of like the last time I ate Oreos and I, I I legit think it's like it was a long time ago probably at a party for that very reason, because if I were to just buy them regularly from the grocery store, I'd never stop. <laughs> so, Hurley's like, so you owe me a favor from that tree frog. Yeah, that, that you whole killed. fucking weird ass trip we took, you fucking weirdo. <laughs> so, he's he explains the medicine he wants, and he says he's like seeing a guy. And Sawyer's like, you mean like that guy, that bald guy over there? And Hurley turns around. There's no one there. There's no one there. And Sawyer's like, ha ha, gotcha. Now, again, to his his credit, like up until this moment, Sawyer actually does seem concerned. Like this kind of reminds me of like when Sun came up to him and asked him for the pregnancy test. Look, Sawyer can't help himself. Yeah. Like, Sawyer will help you. Sawyer will really like, be a good guy, but he wants to get in his, his jokes. Yeah. And his... There is legitimate concern on his face, and I feel like, yeah, he, one, it's to amuse himself, but two, also, like, Hurley likes jokes. And you want to know who would do the same exact move? Dave. <laughs> in the uh... mental hospital, Dave would have made the same joke. Absolutely. It's that kind of personality. But Hurley's in no mood for but this. But this, yeah, he's not in the mood for it. And it's the straw that breaks the camel's back. Be- because even though, even though Sawyer and Hurley have, a, like, do have a good rapport, Sawyer has been berating him basically all season. 
and with when, mean ass nicknames. When Hurley <clears throat> knocks Sawyer down, is on top of him and hitting him, he's saying the names like "Call me Jabba," "Call me Stay Puff," "Babar," and, "King Kong," yeah. like all this stuff. He's throwing every mean nickname that Sawyer's given him, throwing it right back at him. And uh, eventually, Hurley gets off of him. <laughs> Later, there's just a, an aside I want to talk about <laughs> where Kate. Comes and gives Sawyer like, some shit. Give me the story beat by beat of how Hurley beat you up. <laughs> and and she just looks so freaking pleased. It's so funny. Sawyer has a line to her that I love where he's like, Don't you have an adventure to go on? <laughs> which is which is a great fun little meta line. <laughs> and she's like, I'm Detective Kate. There is a mystery to solve, but I will always make time to make fun of you, Sawyer. And then she walks out and a saxophone plays. <laughs> so Hurley is uh, decides he's going to go live in the caves by himself. We wanted Which, to... I'm going to be honest, I completely forgot <laughs> that the caves were a thing until he brought them up. Because I kind of thought people were still living at the caves. Nah, everybody got out of those caves. That's, I think that's around right. the time they left, thought the others... They left at the end of season one and the idea was to go back to the beach and then like like put everybody in the hatch. I don't know why the people who were living in the caves didn't just stay in the caves at, or go back to the caves. I guess because the doctor decided he wanted to spend all his time in the hatch. They were like, I guess we live on the beach we now. We live on the beach now. We're back in the beach. Um, <laughs> they ping pong back and forth to various locations, don't they? So, Up until everybody dies. So Hurley's marching towards the cave, but he's overloaded his backpack and it breaks and the peanut butter falls out. And here's where he hits the Real this rock is bottom. rock bottom. This is this is upsetting. This is the lowest of the low. So the peanut butter thing cracks open, and instead of just letting it go like all the other wasted food <laughs> in this episode, he's scooping it up with a leaf and trying to get it back in the jar. But then he starts licking it off the, off leaf. the leaf. It is repulsive. <laughs> it is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, it's funny that like. You know, a lot of this episode uh, is is about, like, food waste. Um, because, actually, while I was walking up here to, like, come to the recording, I noticed three slices of pizza that were just strewn about on the sidewalk as I was walking here. And I was like, we're about to record an episode all about, like, people wasting food. And here are three pieces of pizza that are just on the dirty, dirty ground <laughs> walking up here. And so I'm like... So that pizza you brought me <laughs> to eat, I shouldn't have eaten that? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you had to find out this way. But no joke, I looked at those pieces of pizza and I was like, a tragedy happened here. A tragedy or like, clearly that's the only explanation for why three whole slices of pizza are here on the sidewalk. A tragedy happened. I'll tell you what, we live in L.A., so I'm going to say it depends what pizza place those slices were from. <laughs> if it's from Danielle's Woodfire down the street, it's a tragedy. It's from Joe Peeps, not so much. <laughs> I couldn't tell you because they were turned upside down. I couldn't tell you whose pizza it looked like. So while Hurley's doing this at his lowest, who shows up? Dave. And this is the first time that... Uh, him and and 
Island Dave really have a conversation. Yeah. And I think at this point, we do know that Dave's not real. I think at this yes. point. Yeah. Um, and yeah, because they talk about that. And Hurley's like, I got better after that. I locked you out there, yeah. but I got better. But Dave says, no, man. He's like, you're thinking about this all wrong. He's like, it's going to get better before it gets worse. And here's why. All of this is made up. You're still at Santa Rosa, the, the, the institute. You're still there. You never left. And for a brief second, the audience wonders of like, oh, is this going to be like, you know, we pull out and Hurley's just looking at the island in a snow globe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I even wrote here, Dave makes a compelling argument. Because of how weird things are in that. And then he's like the number. Oh, you won the lottery? Playing what numbers? Really? You think this is real? This feels like another... This feels like another way to address a theory. Like a fan theory. Like they'll they'll do it yes. later on when Anthony actually shows up on the island. Um, that is the first time the show itself addresses, I think, the purgatory theory um, within the text itself. And, and this is them addressing the idea that maybe this is all in maybe, account, which, maybe this is all in someone's head or which like, I have no problem with them addressing that. I think it's fun. I think it's also I think it's also saying it's not that. You think it's this thing, but it's not gonna be that thing. I mean, on the one hand, again, within the context of this episode, I, I don't think this is a poorly written episode. I think you do, and I think that's fine. No, if you do. no, I don't. This isn't poorly written. It's just like the fact that they have to address no, it's not this in conjunction with the fact that they're again addressing another external thing. In my opinion, I'm like, why are you, why are you taking the time to address all this outside stuff? Why can't you just tell the story you want to tell? Like why? I think why the, take I the think time? the addressing of this, uh, and I'm gonna give you this. I I do think this is something they external that they decide to address in the episode but i think they do it in a clever enough way if this was the only time they did it i'd be fine with it but because i have a i have a bigger problem with the purgatory moment (laughs) well we'll get to that down the line i have a bigger problem with that but like well the other thing dave brings up and it's kind of the the real kick in the nuts is when he's like and then he's like, this is hot chick shows up. Like, you think she likes you? Like, this is... Hey, Starla liked Hurley. <laughs> but but that was after he left the, the asylum. So she would also, in theory, be a figment of his imagination. <laughs> and he's like, you got to wake up. You want to wake up. That's why I'm here. That's why Dave's here. Come on, let's go. And we go to the cliff. And he goes... Is jump off? Which, to be fair, I think there are other shows and movies where a character, in order to like break out of a simulation or or a dream state, like I do think that this is a thing in other movies and TV shows. I like this is a trope where you have to like kill yourself to like wake yourself up. I um. I can't think off the top of my Vanilla Sky. I think it happens in, and I hated that. And I only saw it, I only saw the movie once, and it was in the theaters. And I think that's what happened. 
and I didn't care for it. <laughs> so I can't quite remember. Like I said, I'm trying to remember like off the top of my head where I know I've seen that trope and it's escaping me at the moment. But because it is a trope, you do look at this as like maybe this is like you do go like you are tense when Hurley's like stepping towards the edge of the cliff because you're like and also this is a show that clearly will kill people off yeah exactly and maybe because they're like man we're quick of sick of explaining why this guy's losing (laughs) weight let's just kill him oh no (laughs) why can't you just put him on a raft and then we never see him so dave back like jumps backwards dives off because he's like uh, of course i'm not real but like this is what you got to do to wake up bye and he jumps off and then uh go see hurley's, the real me on the other side <laughs> hurley's considering it and then libby shows up and libby is obvious concerned she's got to talk him off this clip yeah and hurley she literally has to talk him down from the ledge and hurley's like this isn't real you don't understand none of this is real you're not real to which libby rightfully goes, so how dare you yeah i'd be offended if someone told me, me I wasn't too real. Uh, and she basically, she bring. I don't know if this would be the thing to convince me, though. If someone's like, I'm real, like, because I know about this guy who broke his leg and then <laughs> I had to bury him. It's like, well, well I could have made that up in my head. I could have <laughs> made that story up in my head. Like, that I don't buy. But, her- but because she's like, this is information I have that you don't. And if I'm a figment of your imagination, you would know that. Like, that's her argument. That he would have already known that. It's like, if that, like, I'd you argue would... <laughs> he's making that up on the spot, then. <laughs> well, like, her argument would be, like, if I'm a figment of your imagination, everything I know, you know on a subconscious level. But because you don't know this, then you can't prove that I'm not real. He knew it. No. <laughs> no, that doesn't make any sense. Because then it's like... I just think of something. That doesn't mean I should have already known it. Well, wait a minute. Will, as we established at the top of this episode, you're just a figment of my imagination. So give it a whirl. Uh, <laughs> Let's test this out. I'm going to jump off the roof now and see what <laughs> no, happens. No, no, I meant try to think of something I wouldn't know. I didn't mean for you to kill yourself. No, Will, come um, back. But Libby gets very concerned, obviously, and offended. <laughs> and she's able to... And I think a mix of, like, I think what really wins him over is her passion and how she is feeling about him. And yeah. she expresses that. And, you know, they have a chance to be a quite the cute couple yeah. on this island. Yeah. 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 Um, and they kiss. They smooch. Yeah. And it's real cute. He got his cute smooch. <laughs> now let's get back to the flashback. Mm-hmm. We cut back to when... Hurley's taking that photo, and we see it now mm-hmm. from with no Dave there, and he's putting his arm around nobody, and he's like, ah. and then the camera moves, and the music gets real lost, creepy, mm-hmm. and we see who's staring at them all catatonic in the Santa Rosa Mental Institution. It's Libby. It's Libby. And- Libby's there. Libby, who has a background with like psychiatric stuff. Libby, who it all fits. And the way that the music plays, it's meant to convey something very menacing. Yeah, it's sinister. Very sinister. Which is, on the one hand, on the one hand, I'm like, oh, this is this could be a clear misdirect, like what they wanted to do 
with like what they did with John Locke. Like at the at the end of like episode three yes. before Walkabout. Th- that's kind of how I feel. Like they had this very, very menacing, lingering shot of him at the the end of well, episode three, and then Walkabout was like his episode showing why we should empathize with him. So it's like here's this guy we think is gonna be a villain, and which later on he will become one. But like we immediately well, think there's something immediately menacing about him, and then we are meant to empathize. Because there's him. also this idea. Because Libby seems pretty catatonic. That yeah. does Libby remember Hurley? Does she know who this is? Yeah. Like there's that, and you know, it's something that I really I remember watching this, and I remember getting chills from it, and being I can't wait until we explore <laughs> this more. Um, if you want to hold that, because we're going to get to it later, maybe we're going to get to it for the same reason later. I, I The only thing, when I, I remember the end, I don't remember a ton from the my initial viewing of this episode, but I remember this ending, and I remember thinking, when, when it all wrapped up, you can't trust a thing Libby says. Like, you cannot yeah. trust her. That was the impression I got at the end of this episode. <laughs> I'm, I don't we'll, know. We'll talk Are about you it. Gonna, um, do we have the same thing? Do we have the same... Uh... Man in Black? Yeah. Um, it could very easily be that. Okay, because... Okay. <laughs> so, let's just try to wrap up the rest of the island stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Jack's examining Locke's legs. Ooh, which... Ooh, ow. Ooh, ugh. <laughs> And uh, they're like, oh, we could put you in that wheelchair we got back. And he's like, No! no! <laughs> But then Kate's like, oh, there's, like, crutches. And he's like, okay. Which, I, I feel like those are going to be a pain in the butt on the beach. I've never had to use crutches in soft sand before, but I imagine that they would be a pain in the butt. It's got to be easier than a wheelchair on the beach. True story. <laughs> this is also true. Um, But Locke's, like, taking a permanent residence in this hatch. Yeah, so, he, like, he'll be fine. <laughs> He's so, just getting around the hatch. Meanwhile, Saeed and Anna Lucia, they got Ben strung up. Like, almost in a Christ-like pose. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> like, ah, he's hanging there. And Ben is changing his story. Yep. Ben yep. says this thing. I was part of the search party. He was already dead when we found him. He was already dead when we found him. And I was part of the search party. And Saeed's like, no. That's bullshit too. Because Which this brings up another continuity thing because as Saeed uh, brings up that he was clearly alive when he wrote this note. He wrote a note to his girlfriend or wife or some woman who he, Henry Gale had wrote on a $20 bill because uh, he didn't have any paper. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, basically, if you're reading this, I died. And yeah. Uh, Traversing the ocean. You were right. I owe you a Coke yeah. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so what I want to bring up is that there's, and granted, this plot point probably doesn't exist yet, but there's a barrier around the island where if you go through it at the wrong place, uh, you will die <laughs> because of electromagnetic sciencey stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> What are the odds that a guy randomly flying through on a hot air balloon would be able to go through that barrier without dying? I mean, I think the same odds that literally everybody else has. So this guy, Henry Gale, would have had to have been brought there by Jacob in order for this to make sense. It's all part of the plan, baby. I think it's stupid. (laughs) 
I think it's stupid and but dumb and contradictory. But here's the thing. You can't think it's stupid at this point watching no, the series. No, because you don't know that the barrier exists because the barrier probably didn't exist at this point. Well, this Because the show but wait, is dumb. No, no, no. <laughs> in fairness to the show, they obviously at this point in writing the show, and maybe they don't know, but they know you can't just leave the island or you can't just get to the island. I don't know about that, man. I mean... I don't know. We have the same issue Legit, with... Legit, I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, we have the same issue later with Desmond we're going to see before the end of the season. You can't leave. You can't get away There's from the island. There's so much about the show I don't remember. <laughs> so, I mean, I at, hope this you're point, right. at this point in the series, they know they've... Because if that's not the case, then they would have been discovered. I'm, I'm willing... I'm willing to to say you're absolutely right. The reason Henry Gale is here is because Jacob brought him here as a potential candidate. Yeah. I will say that that is a possibility. I will also say that it's also potentially dumb. Because it's entirely possible that the barrier wasn't a thing yet. I don't I if I'm proven wrong by the end of the season, I will gladly give that to you. I think there's no reason to think that there isn't a barrier. And it's because Honest, they, it's obviously a hard island to get to. And honestly, this isn't something... This is minutia that we don't need to be getting hot and bothered about. <laughs> <laughs> like, I am self-aware enough to recognize that ultimately this doesn't matter. I'm just pointing out how unlikely it is that this guy would be here by chance. And if the, fa- if the answer to that is, of course it wasn't chance, it was Jacob bringing him here, then I say, okay, that explains it. Also, I hate it. <laughs> So, eventually they get Ben to admit that he's another, but he's like, he's like, no, he's like, you gotta understand. I didn't kill him. I didn't kill him. Somebody else did. I just watched. Yeah. And he keeps saying, like, he'll kill me, he'll kill me. The person in charge, like, oh, the guy with the beard. No, he's nobody. That guy also doesn't actually have a beard in real life. It's a fake. Also, the man in charge is the man strung up there. Ben's he's hyping the, himself. He's hyping himself up. <laughs> he's got to be laughing to himself a bit about that. Of being like, I'm my own hype man. And Saeed, I am the hype. <laughs> and Saeed's had enough of this and is going to shoot him. Which and- I'm going to... I'm yeah, yeah, I'm surprised that he meant it. Like, I kind of thought he was just going to shoot him in the leg. How many of the problems could have been solved? Saeed just killed him. Oh, poor Anna Lucia. <laughs> Anna Lucia's shooting people when she shouldn't. And not shooting them when she should. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, she tries to fix that later. <laughs> now, at the end of... But I think that's a fantastic moment between Saeed and Anna Lucia, too, because of what the thing you just said. Yeah. Because Saeed, uh, much as Ben predicted he would, wants to channel all of his anger and hate and grief into... Basically, he wants to take all of that out on Ben, who we don't know is Ben yet. Um, yeah, they still haven't said Ben. Which, again, to his credit, he's absolutely right. Ben is a monster <laughs> who but- needs to be stopped. So it is interesting that like the person he, he now deems responsible... <laughs> we don't know if you guys can hear that. They're screaming outside the apartment. <laughs> I don't think that's been uh, picked up by the mic, but it is a thing yeah. we're hearing, and it is very distressing. <laughs> but so, like, there's, um, you know, the person he now deems responsible for Shannon's death, you know, he's forgiven Anna Lucia, 
but the person he now deems responsible is right in front of him. He knows he's a monster. He's about to pull the trigger. And Anna Lucia, the person who did pull the trigger on the person that he loves, stops him. I think this is a fantastic moment. I think moment. it's great. Um, now, Locke is still in a weird way sticking up for Henry Gale slash Ben because he's like, he could have left. He could have just ran away, and he didn't. Why didn't he? And Jack points out, because he thought his story was going to pan out, Which dude. makes sense. Yep. Now. He's manipulating you, Locke. Cut to later in the episode. Locke is basically says to Anna Lucia, like, I want to talk to him. And Anna, first, she's, she's pretty, very, very rude. He's like, I don't care what you think. <laughs> and Anna, in my opinion, I would have been like, oh, cool, John. Counterpoint. Uh, I don't have to open the door for you, so bye. <laughs> but she does. She does. And he gets in there, and they're talking about the island. They talk about, again, because you can't get to the island. God can't even see the island. <laughs> like, nobody's going to find them. Yeah, because Locke says, God knows. And, <laughs> and Ben's like, God, God has no place on this island. <laughs> they can't, God can't even find the island. <laughs> and Ben then tells him the story of like, he's like, oh, I, I went to the event. And I got there. And it's like, the, it, it hit zero. And the, there were these weird like things turned red and the hieroglyphics. I did nothing. I didn't push the button. It just reset. Now, do you think he's telling the truth? No. I oh. think so too. I th- I think he's I think he's lying. I, I I think he's deliberately trying to hurt John. Here. I think he pushed that button. Um, and the the reason I think this is because we eventually will see what happens when you don't push the button. <laughs> Maybe that's what happens when you don't push the button twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when they give you a freebie they're like okay everybody gets one <laughs> so there's one other thing one other very small sea story echoes building something <laughs> charlie brings the pallet that had dropped like oh maybe you could use this oh uh, what are you building echo won't say but charlie helps him <laughs> and they're building something together he's like i'll tell you later <laughs> i don't know if if you were helping if you brought something over to somebody and you're like, hey, do you need any help? And they were like, yeah, do this. And you're like, well, what are we building? And they were like, you'll see. Would you be like, okay, never mind. I'll be, I'm going to go would, back to the beach. I would put in as much time that I felt at that point I had already committed <laughs> to putting in and then walk away forever. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, I said I'll help. I'll help for maybe an hour and a half. And I'll come back. I'll never come back. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go get a sandwich. And then, yeah, you just never come back. It's been a long time and it's not an important plot point. But do you remember what they're building? Yes. Yeah. They're building a church. They're building a church, yes. Um, I will say that to Charlie's credit, I mean, and to the credit of, like, you know, walking away <laughs> and not helping out with a thing that somebody's not telling you what they're building, what else do you have to do on the island? If Sawyer's got all the books. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like, he's not hanging out with Claire. So, like, I'm like, I'd rather you know build what? something, you know, idle hands, especially with him. With yeah, his exactly. heroin issues. So, like, yeah, he's he's... Luckily, he doesn't seem to be having withdrawal symptoms. He also symptoms doesn't or have a lot of like friends. That. You know what? He never actually relapsed with the drugs. So, See? like, yeah, so he's fine. Yeah, he um. was just losing his island, <laughs> making him crazy. Um, okay, so let's. Uh, we, we've gone very long, mostly because of our Meet Dave talk. <laughs> um, so let's, 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 get to the, let's get this right away. My Man in Black, and 
you alluded to the fact that this is kind of this might be unfair of me to pick because you alluded to this might have been out of their control but the ending of this episode with Libby is so weird and awesome it's and mysterious memorable for and sure. memorable that the fact that we never are going to get because Libby is going to get shot and even in backstories we're never really going to get into everything I mean we're going to see her again in backstories but we're never going to find out her connection to Hurley what there was more with that this is a plot thread that goes nowhere yeah and it's very frustrating yes and in reality uh, she was one of which I don't know it also seems kind of quaint that getting some DUIs get you kicked off of a show but Which we'll we'll get to it when we get to it at the end of the season there like and i know i've brought it up before but there's a theory that um because michelle rodriguez left at the show at the same time there's a theory that michelle rodriguez's exit from the show was actually something that was planned and that she was aware of from the very beginning of her casting. But then, uh, but they get they get the DUI. Cynthia Watros or whatever. Yeah, and Libby. They got the D. They both got DUIs, and so they kicked Libby off the show at the same time. There's a so there's a theory that like the you know Ana Lucia's exit was planned, but because of the DUIs, they wrote Libby out of the show at the same time just to get rid of it and not deal with well, it then okay but then this is what that Again, tells that's just me. a theory that's just a theory. but then this is what either way this is what that tells me uh this is an example of like they must have had to end an episode with that way they must have had a plan but if you're so willing to write this person off only a few episodes later yeah your plan must not have been deemed that good or that important yeah yeah. And that's what's frustrating to me. Yeah. So, because I the feel higher like, ups are like, well, we don't care. I mean, we're talking like, I, I don't know how many episodes from now, but it can't be more than like four episodes from now. Well, she gets it's, shot. It's entirely possible that the showrunners actually were standing behind the actors here and going, like, no, like, we have more for them to do. Like, this is stuff that we want to explore and that we want to... Again, this is all speculation on my part. This is all stuff... Because I've also seen shows where showrunners want to do stuff and executives at whatever film studio they're working at or whatever television studio put the kibosh on it because they're either out of touch with what the rest of the world is experiencing or because they think they know better or because an outside interest has... Like, you see this with um, a lot of cartoons actually like um there are a lot of toy company cartoons you know cartoons that like um work with toy companies and it's one of the reasons why there are so few female transformer characters um like because they're like oh well we sell to boys so like boys don't want to play with a toy of a girl so like why would we have why would we produce toys of rc like because she's a girl why would we make a toy of her and then like which is so dumb and frustrating and such an antiquated way of thinking because like just as an example like a million years ago i interviewed jeff klein who was the executive producer of a show called transformers prime which i love and is awesome 
but he told the story about how he had to fight tooth and nail to get RC as a character, like, at, uh, like a, to be a part of the show. And like he fought tooth and nail for that. She was one of the main characters. And sure enough, when her toy line actually hit shelves, like they sold out immediately. Yeah. It's just this, this, there's a discrepancy between what showrunners want to do and what executives sometimes demand. So it's entirely possible that when these DUI things happened, executives were like, get rid of them. And the showrunners were like, no, there's stuff we want to do. We had plans. And the executives were like, cool, we don't care. Mm. And which would actually set the stage kind of perfectly for season three. And the, the ongoing battle that they had with the network. Like, yeah, maybe they did that battle was, with them in season three. Maybe that's one of the many things that like kind of set the stage for that and why they felt the need to be like okay no we need to stand our ground like because like the writer strike was going on at the same time so maybe getting rid of actors at the behest of the network and the writer strike and just a number of other things that were happening set the stage for what we're gonna have to suffer through at the beginning of season three see, the beginning of season three is rough it's the one time on this podcast you'll see me agree with megan what's your conspiracy oh, corner so sorry for the tangent <laughs> what's what's your uh, uh uh man in black had you not taken it it would have been libby at the end but since you've taken it um i'm just gonna say that i again i my man in black is going to be explaining things that don't need an explanation and so just this whole compulsive eating plot line to me doesn't feel like a legitimate character thing it feels like a thing meant to explain a thing nobody cared about agree to disagree yeah, and that's totally fine. No, no, that's totally fine. Um, uh, what's your Jacob? Actually, it's funny <laughs> that that was my man in black because my Jacob, Jorge Garcia's acting when he's talking about the accident. Oh my God, it's incredible. It's, it's beautiful. When he's talking about the accident, honestly, him and this whole, even the, the stuff that we're saying is like disgusting, like licking up that peanut butter, like the way he plays that, he even commits. his physicality in those moments, there's a sadness to him while he's doing it. There's he a, commits there's a 110%. He For is, an episode and character stuff that I don't like, he commits and he delivers. And honestly, the, the moment where he is talking about the accident, it's a brilliant moment of writing and it's a brilliant moment of acting. So like... Even though I don't like the compulsive eating stuff, I love this moment. It's so good. If that would have been mine as we've, we've taken each other's <laughs> things. Which, are, by the way, we're taking kind of generally broad ideas with this one. So what? Yeah, I feel like, again, the, the flaw, the things that work in this episode and the things that don't work are fairly apparent. And, you know, again, sometimes it's okay for us to pick the same man in black or the same um, man in white because sometimes the best and worst parts of an episode are just that, well, that apparent. I kind of said it with you, so I'm going to say, you know what? When he's looking up that peanut butter, oh. it is so disgusting. And I'm going to say that you show repulsed me and i think this is a positive like you did your job so i'll give specifically no. to that horrifying moment man in black to whoever dropped three slices of pizza outside this building you were a monster sir 
So that's it for Dave. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Megan, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Menguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. I also do. Uh, I'm a member of the Rooster Team, where we talk about Rooster Teeth related shows on Rooster Team Radio. And right now, we're talking about Ruby on our show, Ruby Redux. So be sure to go. Uh, to Anchor or Podbean or whatever your podcast app of choice is and check that out. I also have a YouTube channel called Silver Screams uh, where me and my co-hosts talk about horror things. So go check that out. And remember, it's okay to agree to disagree. (laughs) You can follow me on Twitter at the real Will Link. I gave somebody, someone asked me the other day, what's your Twitter handle? And I go, oh, I'm at... (laughs) The real Will Link. And they looked no at me way. like I was crazy. And I'm like, listen, I say it that way on a podcast. Like, you just listen. That's one. I can't just say it. No, I can't just go at the real Will Link. I'm like, at the real Will Link. At the pause. Um, you can buy my book, Crazy About Kurt. Buy it on Amazon. And also follow us on Twitter, at No Love Lost Pod. I always forget to say that. Um, so, until next time. See you in another life, brother. Hey there, everybody. I'm Will Link of No Love Lost. With me as always... Megan Salinas. Hey, everybody. And we're here to talk to you about the podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Uh, Yeah, the podcast Jukebox Network has been super supportive of us as we venture back to the island. Uh, And so we just wanted to take a minute to thank uh, them and to let you guys know that you guys should be supporting the other podcast put on by this fantastic network. If you are enjoying No Love Lost, definitely give a listen to many of the other podcasts, many of which are far less vanilla than we are. Uh, uh, Off the Cuffs, which is kind of the flagship show of the network. It is the BDSM kink podcast that kind of launched this whole network uh, off. You've got the Goth Librarian podcast. You have Being There podcast, a great storytelling podcast. You have The Queers Next Door, also on the network. Uh, Proud to be Kinky. Uh, Drinks with God. And a little podcast that's close to my heart, Megan. What is that one called? Will Sean Podcast? Yeah. Will Hmm. he? I don't know. Spoiler alert. uh, Not as frequently as usual. (laughs) But you should definitely subscribe to all these shows. Rate them. Listen to them on iTunes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, These are all fantastic storytellers. It's so important to be sex positive. So go support these other podcasts. And uh, yeah, if you like us, you might like them. Who knows? Yeah. (laughs) It makes sense. We're on the same network. (laughs) So yes, rate and subscribe to all these terrific shows. And don't forget to rate them all five stars. And also rate us five stars. Yeah, while you're at it, you're listening to us. Might as well give us a rating. (laughs) You're already there. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, guys.